Hey, Nick. Hey, Bubba Weed. Hey, did you know this the song Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel? It was actually talking about his penis. What? The whole time? Yeah, it's, you know, he was talking about having sex. And and did you know that uh, the song Blinding Lights by The Weeknd was actually about driving under the influence? Under the influence? I figure driving because of the lights, but under the influence as well? And did you know that Weapon of Choice was actually about Dune? No, no. Now I know you're lying. It could be. And uh, at Lyrical Innuendo, we actually discuss these songs and more and decide if they are really about sex, drugs, or if they're just rock and roll. And you can find the newest episodes on Spotify and everything else at rabbitholepodcasts.com. Everything we do here at Rabbit Hole Podcast is sponsored by Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com forward slash rabbitholepods and try it absolutely free for 30 days. You can download any audiobook, original show, or podcast that you want. And then after 30 days, I mean, after your 30 day trial expires, you only pay $14.99 a month and you get even more content from Audible. If you decide to cancel anytime, even after the trial, you get to keep anything you have downloaded thus far. So why not give it a shot? AudibleTrial.com forward slash rabbit hole pods. When you use that link, you help us out here at the network. So thanks. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon member. Patreon.com forward slash rabbit hole pods. $3 a month gets you into our exclusive club where you can access episodes early, check out bonus content, and all kinds of great goodies like access to our Discord or join us whenever we go live on Twitch. Patreon.com forward slash rabbit hole pods. And a huge shout out to all of our Patreon members. You make all of this happen. Welcome to the Word of Hellmouth podcast, where we are going through the entire series of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, episode by episode. We're re-watching and discussing everything that is Buffy and the Scoobs. Today, we discuss Season 2, Episode 8, The Dark Ages, which aired on November 10th, 1997. This is a fantastic side quest where we get to dig deeper into Giles and his very naughty past. Who is Ripper? And will it come up and bite him in the butt? Just as it seems he's finding his stride in Sunnydale. I'm Heather Baxi Walsh, and with me is my fellow and favorite Scoob, Mark Armstead. Get bored and summon any demons lately, Mark? No, I can't say that I have. But hey, everybody, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yes, this is a great episode. This is a great episode. Uh, we, we We see a side of Giles that, you know... We didn't know existed. Well, we got a little glimpse on a Halloween episode. You know, a little, you know, this is kind of like Halloween part do, you know, do. Well, part two. I can't, I'm stuck. I suck at French. But yes, <laughs> I, I, I took German. So, uh, zwei, part zwei. Yeah, that's fine. That's two. Yes. But it's like an extension of that story that we have kind of, we have a cliffhanger, you know, from the Halloween episode with the Ripper and all that. And this is a great follow up to that. I was excited, too, because I thought that there would be a little bit longer gap before mm-hmm. we got to see the results of, of all of those things from Halloween. But it's only two episodes later. So I was I was super right. excited. 
And there's a couple over the the next few seasons um, of episodes that are Giles centric. And I knew that it was going to be, but I couldn't remember which one it was. (laughs) So Uh, (laughs) there were two others I had in mind and I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to spoil if you're watching along for the first time with us. But um, yeah, this is, this is a really good one. Mark is right. But this whole season is, is so good. Yes. It's a great season. Great season. So the episode opens with a middle-aged gentleman with a suitcase running around campus at night. Yeah, we know that's uh, not good. Never good. Uh, again, pitch black at night. You know, uh, he comes, he's on campus, he's looking for, well, actually, we don't know what he's looking for just yet. Uh, he comes across a custodian who's dumping the trash outside, and he says, I'm looking for Rupert Giles. Where do I find him? The custodian tells him, hey, he's in the next building over, first door on the right, you know, go there. He's there. The guy is running. Uh, He is knocking upon the door to try to get to Giles. And there is a zombie, a woman zombie behind him. I think he said her name was Deidre, I want to say. Yeah. Sounds about right. But uh, he's looking, you know, Deidre is looking for him and he's looking for Giles. And unfortunately, uh, you know, Deidre catches up with him before he gets to Giles. He's banging on the door and essentially Buffy is in the library blasting jock jams or something very close to it. She no, is like doing, yes, and she is doing step aerobics. And I can tell you what I was doing in 1997. I was doing step aerobics and Tybo. So yes. <laughs> oh, Tybo. Oh my God. Billy Blanks. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was Woo. a great workout though. I had so much fun. I loved both. I loved Seperobics and Tybo. Yes. I like cardio though. I'm crazy. And I like kicking <laughs> shit. <laughs> so poor, poor Giles is sitting right beside the bone box while Buffy is blasting techno and, you know, aerobicizing. And he can't hear his, his buddy outside knocking on the door. Uh, unfortunately, no. he succumbs to the uh the zombie that was chasing him he dies and the zombie then falls out and turns into goo that's exactly right i'm like what is this goo what is this goo <laughs> it was very much like uh that this may be a throwback well it's a throwback for me but you may remember this show remember the secret life of alex mack on Nickelodeon? yes yes, yes. yeah so that that is a deep cut for you know um fellow elder millennials out there but the goo in this episode is very similar and not dissimilar to the goo, the puddle that Alex Mack will turn into <laughs> in that Nickelodeon, you know, TV show. So this all happens, you know, the night we get the, the credits. The next thing we see is we see a nightmare sequence that yeah. awakens Giles. Usually so our nightmare sequences are Buffy too. So this was, this was also new for us. Yeah, and it's our first time in Giles' apartment, even though we're not quite there yet. Right. So it's you know we it's a it's a hodgepodge of fire, demonic faces, seventies clothing, all types of kind of you know interesting things. Like okay, what was Giles getting up into? You know what what was going on? Giles makes it to school, and he's having a conversation with uh, Jenny, Miss Calendar. And she's giving him a really hard time because Giles lent her a book. And, you know, Giles loves his books. So that's like a love language for Giles, giving someone a book. So Jenny is like, oh, yeah, do you know how you like you you uh, 
you dog tag the, the cover, you know, like the, the page that you're stuck on, you know, like, yeah, 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 fold it all the way back. And she's like going down how she has folded all the pages back in Giles' book. And then she stopped folding them and she started actually marking and highlighting, you know, underlining, yeah. <laughs> that she loved. And Giles is just sitting there in pure Steve's British bewilderment. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's the first edition. You, 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 you wrote in the book like he, he's he's having an aneurysm, and <laughs> Jenny turns around like I'm joking. She tells him not to your... be such a fuddy duddy. <laughs> yes, a sexy fuddy duddy, a sexy fuddy yes. duddy at that. Yes. And she, she says, you know, I like making you squirm. And Giles says, you know, hopefully I gave good squirm, like. Okay, oh yeah, there's some I'm innuendo like, that is happening between the two of them here, and it's it's yes. it's 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 happening. It's it's it's, it's really and, and she essentially says, "Hey, what are you doing this weekend?" You know, he said, "Do you want to go out?" He said, "No, I really want to stay in." Listen, Jenny wanted the D. Okay, she she yeah. did. She she wanted to, she wanted her toes to curl and she wanted to squirm some more. Right. And she made no no qualms about it. No. no, and you know what? And let's just let's just say this: we see we've seen a lot more female characters do the, this over the years. But at this timeline, you did not see women be that aggressive about their interest in sex, or just the fact that women also enjoy sex and want to have it as well. And this whole entire relationship between Jenny and Giles, I love because she is playing what is typically the, particularly in this timeline, the opposite in that relationship in those roles and i was like thank you because i've i've always been that way and i've gotten told that's intimidating oh i'm so so not sorry but it was nice to see that especially as a a teenage girl in high school at the time to see a grown attractive woman who is living her life and making her choices on her own jenny is a great great character for girls jenny i uh, uh, okay, I, I won't. We'll talk more about Jenny Lee. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> we will. We will. <laughs> so, after this scene, Giles makes his way back into the library where he is being waited on by a local detective. Yeah. Local detective tells Giles, hey, you need to talk to you. Of course, Giles is like, why do you need to talk to me? Uh, there was a dead body found this morning on campus and they had your name, you know, and, you know, on that person. So we want you to come down and view the body and, and kind of help us, you know, figure out what's going on. And, you know, during this uh, pretty serious scene, we wouldn't call it heavy. It's nothing, you know, really dramatic, but, you know, Giles is being asked to come down to the precinct. And we don't Already. see the police very often either. Right. They don't get involved in the vampire goings and supernatural stuff here too often. So it is, right. it is, it is alarming for certain. Yes. And of course, Cordy pops in. Yes. <laughs> in a very Cordy way. And essentially, you know, she brings a little bit of levity to the situation. Like what's going on? I need help. You know, I, I need things, but John's like, Hey, I'm busy. Can you come back later? You know, she sees, yeah. She sees that there's police there. Then she goes, Oh, Hey, I have a question. Do you think you can help me with a ticket? Completely ignoring that they're saying they're there for homicide. <laughs> yes. 
So they're homicide detectives. Can you help me with the ticket? It's really not my fault. It was a one way street, but I was going the wrong way. It, but that's not my fault. So I shouldn't have the ticket. Yes. <laughs> it was a one way street and I was going one way. Just yes. Not the, that, that, that. Yes. Not the way I was supposed to go. Oh, God bless her. God, God bless her. So uh, before this actually happens, interrupting the kiss, there, there's going to be a kiss between. Uh, uh, Jen and Giles, uh, Buffy right. interrupted them because they're in the hallway during school hours, of course. But uh, Giles had planned with Buffy for them to case the local blood bank because what on the street is was a big transplant, well, not transplant, but a transport of blood product, and the vamps had their eyes on it. So essentially, Buffy was going to be there to provide security to see what would happen. Uh, we're fast forwarding now, we're going to the morgue. And Giles sees the body that's on the morgue, and he recognizes the body. We know this, but he does not make this known to, you know, the uh, the not Undertaker mortician, mortician, I guess, or the uh, yeah, I wrote down mortician, but I actually wrote question mark because I didn't know if it was necessarily like accurate. what do you call that person that handles the body at the morgue? He's not the Undertaker, not the mortician, no. but they're the they're you know there the, is a specific term. Yes, yeah, it's not coming to me either. Oh God! But that person, that person, it's going to hit us by the end of the episode. Like, oh yeah, that. But that person, I yeah. Not please put it know. in the comments if you know the correct term. Please, <laughs> yes. please do. And, and please don't be too angry at us. Like, it's going to hit me later. I must say. Yeah, this is what happens when we start to get older. Like, really simple things that you should know. They just seem to drift away. Like, like you know, balloons when you're a kid and they just go into the sky. That's what happens with words that you start looking for when you start getting into your upper 30s and early 40s. It's unpleasant. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Giles is now kind of fresh. Like, huh, this is a friend. You know, we we know that there's a connection, but we don't know what the, what the exact connection is. And, fra- and Giles is a little fried. He's a little frazzled. So, so frazzled, in fact, that he misses his date, quote unquote, with Buffy at the blood bank. So, uh, the blood gets dropped off at the blood bank. Uh, two uh, doctors pick it up. Then out of a corner, uh, a Corvette of some sort, some old vehicle pops up and it's a vampire in the old vehicle. And what we just find out is that the doctors who are doing the transporting are actually vampires. So of course they break out of bag and they start sucking on it and they're trying to, you know, get it to their their vamp connect. And Buffy jumps out and you know does the Buffy thing. Uh she's by herself. There's three vampires, one Buffy. Luckily, luckily, Angel is there to help out Buffy. So he jumps in. So done. By the way, it he does this throughout the entire series. Just shows up conveniently. He does. And at mm-hmm. first you might go, This this is a little too easy that he's always just, you know, there when things are going crappy and they need someone to be there. But let's be fair, he's 241 years old. He's a vampire. It's a small town. He lurks mm-hmm. at night anyway. Um, yeah, I'm definitely just making this up as I go, but you stop mm-hmm. caring after like the first couple times, and it actually becomes funny after a while. Yes. So he's there and she's like, hey, what are you doing here? Like, it's a blood bank. And we know (laughs) everyone knows about this. (laughs) Yes. Like Angel doesn't feed on humans. He has a soul. So, I mean, honestly, a blood bank is essentially the most, I guess, ethical way for a vampire 
to get, you know, that necessary, you know, vitamin and, and nutrients. Which makes sense. So I also kind of am wondering, oh, these vamps were going to steal the blood, which bad because the humans do need them too. But isn't it better that they're drinking this blood rather than killing people? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and so, they can't just go, I'm buying blood. You can't just, unless you're going black market. I don't know. I This this one I was kind of looking at going, I don't know. These vamps might be, a, I mean, they're still vamps. They should die, but. They're right, not as, right. They're maybe they're not as bad as some of the other ones, at least. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if this was intentional or if it was just me being you know, inferred. Buffy's looking at the bucket, well, the 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 cooler of blood. Like, okay, one's missing. Can you make sure that these get to the blood bank? And she tells that to Angel. He's looking like, okay, yeah, I, I'm thinking these only make it to my fridge. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. That that's what it gave me looking at that scene. Like, okay, you know. Well, that's, that's what he was there know. for. Right. He was there to get his cut. It wasn't like he, was there. He, was there. he was there to do the same damn thing. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, in Sunnydale, of all the crimes, you know, that can be committed at night, this one, I, I think, you know, the Slayer turning, uh, you know, the other cheek may have been a, a great time to do so. That's exactly how, the conclusion that I came to as well. <laughs> right. So the next day, uh, we see a Giles that's, even more frazzled than the day we saw him before. So he's kind of out of it. Um, I think Buffy mentions that, you know, hey, you missed, you know, you missed last night. What was going on? Oh, yeah. She goes to his apartment, which is the first time we do see his apartment. Yeah. And and it becomes kind of an important centerpiece as the seasons go on. They're there Mm -hmm. more often. But we've never seen Buffy just go to his place. So this is kind of like, yo, Mm -hmm. you stubbed your toe. You never stub your toe. What happened? Right. And Giles is very blowy offy. He's yeah. He's he's grumpy and he's he's bitey. It's daylight, so thankfully we know he's not a vampire, but he's he's being quite grumpy and almost nasty to Buffy. Yeah. He doesn't let her in. No, he slams the door in her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're like, okay, this is very, very out of the ordinary behavior for Giles. So we're going back to the morgue and we're at the morgue and uh, the person, uh, the, the the medical person at the morgue, <laughs> <laughs> the medical staff at the morgue, they're doing, you know, their duties. And uh, Giles' dead friend is no longer dead. He is now alive and he attacks the, the, the morgue guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh and stuffs him into uh the the uh stuffs him into the you know the the thing that the, that the dead people are in the wall the wall that, that <laughs> what is wrong with me what is wrong with us okay okay listen we are so lost right now that i'm using google so oh, we're not we're not so bad they are referred to as mortuary assistants or autopsy technicians. Yes, those people. Yes, those people. The mortuary assistants, the MAs. They're, they're what we call the MAs. Or, or the other term is forensic pathologist. <laughs> yeah, we're, no. Which, no. That, that's not, yeah. <laughs> Words are so hard. I tell my six-year-old this all the time because it's true for me too. <laughs> yes. And and 
<laughs> and Heather's good at words. She, she's an author. So <laughs> I don't feel bad. No, don't feel bad. Because uh, like I said, it is, it's like literally reaching into a dark room and hoping you're going to find the right thing sometimes. It's just not there. It's just not there. I, yes. I, I, I finally succumbed to just going, nope, I'm just going to look it up because I don't have it in me anymore. It's easier that way. <laughs> Use the Googles. Absolutely. So uh, the mortician gentlemen the mortician assistant gets dealt with by the new zombie so now we can make the logical leap that the zombie or the demon the entity that is you know going around can jump from dead person to dead person at first we're in the lady beginning of the episode who kills the guy she turns into a puddle of goo that gets absorbed by the gentleman that um yeah. so giles identifies and this is interesting, too, because at first you think, oh, this is a zombie. Like you said, I wrote down mm-hmm. zombie as well. Glowy right. eyes, but, but zombie. But then the goo, ah, maybe not so much zombie. Um, right. And now we're seeing that whatever this entity is can change bodies. So this is something completely wild and different that we have not experienced yet. Right. Her mouth is full of the evil. Yes. Okay. So what happens next, Heather? Oh, we're back. We're back to school because it's Saturday morning and Jenny is teaching a special class for the kids who are behind and computers, which basically means Cordy. But Willow comes to help and Jenny had said, Xander, you are coming as well. So everybody's there, but Buffy shows up because she's worried about Giles. So she announces Mm -hmm. her concerns to the group. Everybody's kind of concerned. You know, it's very un-Giles like. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Buffy says, I think he was drinking. And Willow goes, tea? Was he drinking tea? <laughs> tea alone? <laughs> and everybody's oh, like, gosh. no, he was not drinking tea alone. But they were they were very upset. And then Cordy announces, oh, well, that's weird because he seemed fine yesterday when he was talking to the police. And everyone's like, what the hell, Cordy? Did you not think that was important? And she's like, right. no. And Xander goes, oh, of course you didn't remember. It wasn't about you. And that they go back and forth into what has become a very regular Cordy and Xander banter, mm-hmm. which happens at least once every episode at this this point. So Buffy goes to the library and she, oh, she goes to call Giles again, just to mm-hmm. follow up. And guess who's in the library? Because someone else is lurking. It's Ethan mm-hmm. Rain, our good buddy. Yes. He's returned. The and proprietor of him. the costume shop. Yes. Who got his ass kicked by Ripper at the end of Halloween, which was so thoroughly enjoyable to watch. It Giles was. just get kind of mean and, and, and dirty. But now, too, so we know for sure that Giles is somehow deeply connected to some of this, this wicked evil stuff that's going on. But at what level do we know? Ethan kind of spills some of the story to Buffy. And because we know he's a liar too, how much can we trust? We don't know, but he, Uh he says that there's this, this demon back in the day, because they were all wild children summoning stuff and magics and things. But his name is Igon, which by the way, I wrote phonetically. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> listen heather i did the same thing i love I you same so thing. much I, listen if i could just 
Oh my god! Like I, you won't be able to see it, but like it's it's there. Like oh god, you can't see it. But yes, I did the same exact thing. Same exact thing. But yeah, so Buffy, like she calls Giles and she says, "Hey, I'm here with an Ethan Rain. What's going on?" And Giles tells her, "Hang up the phone and leave him right away. Like Ron, you're not safe. Get away from Ethan." And we're thinking, okay, Ethan's a little sketchy from you know the, the costume shop. He's a dangerous guy. But that's not the danger that Ethan brings with him. Uh, our morgue guy who was dead is now chasing. He's now at the school and he is trying to get a hold of Ethan. Uh, the Scoobs fight, you know, they're in the library. I think who threw a kick? Was that Xander or was that Cordy who kicked him? I think it was, I think it was Cordy or maybe it was, I think I have it written down. I think it was, I think it was, I think it was Cordy, but Cordy has a great line too, right away because Ethan calls Giles Ripper, Mm -hmm. Ripper. And (laughs) Cordy's like, why does he call him that? And Giles grabs him by the throat and she goes, oh, (laughs) yes, Yes. that was great. A fight ensues. Miss Counter gets knocked out. She's out cold on the floor. Uh, we get the um, demon guy into the, why is there a lockup in the actual library? We don't know. It's been there for, for you know a season and a half. No one explains it. That's where you keep the really secret books apparently. But there is like a whole mini jail for, you know, volatile literature <laughs> in the library for some reason. Which, so By the way, they use this as a cage throughout the series. And... It only works about 50% of the time. <laughs> right, like, why is that there? Why is it there? Like, but at any rate, they lock mm. up the uh, the zombie demon into the cage. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. So Giles begins to come clean a little bit. And we notice that Giles is having dreams. Also, Ethan is also having dreams. And about they both these- have this. Yeah, and they have the same tattoo as well. Yes, the same tattoo, which is also the same tattoo that we saw, that Giles saw during the uh, body um, identification while in the morgue. So they're all a part of some weird situation. Now, the body, now, Miss Counter's still out cold right now. The body then liquefies again, Beside Miss Calendar. That's interesting. That's very now, interesting because that means that demon entity has escaped her, him. Right. But what we don't know at this point is that, you know, um, Calendar is alive. She's out cold, but she's alive. You know, up until, you know, this point, everyone who has been demon possessed has been dead. Yes. So, we're like, okay, you know, we're this is strange, but we don't know what's going on just yet. So, Giles has to come clean, okay? So, uh, we now know what's going on. So, wait, am I getting ahead of myself? Like, this is a yes. little bit. He does come clean, but Jenny wakes up, and yes. he's feeling so guilty that she was knocked unconscious because this is all his fault. This is all mm-hmm. his responsibility. So he's overwhelmed by the guilt. He's being very on Giles like, but he basically tells everybody, sod off. I'm gonna go take her back to my place and take care of her. We'll talk about this another time. Mm-hmm. Which 
again, unGiles like, but he takes her back to his apartment and they're they're drinking and talking about what's going on. But right. while they're there, Willow is doing research. And at yes. first, the funny thing is they're like, oh, the computers are like, no, 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 this information will be computer. She goes, oh, we have to go to the books. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the books. They're, they're hunting through the books. And Buffy is kind of doing out things for them to do. Like Willow, do research. Xander, you do this. And here's Cordy, like, what do I do? Like, I like Mr. Giles. He he's a cool guy. Yeah. Which then, this is the first time she says something like, hey, I care about him too. Yeah, like, she oh, said and volunteers that she actually wants to help. It's it's the first yeah. time it's a big deal. She's one of the scoops a, officially here, I feel like. Yes. So it's a big deal. And of course, you know, Buffy just kind of pawns her off once Xander, like, hey, you you go do this. Help, help, help Xander do this. So we're going back and forth between Calendar and Giles in his at his place in the scoops at the library. So we find out that the demon's name is Igon. And Igon possesses people who are, you know, either deceased or unconscious. It prefers people who are unconscious, but uh, it will go into the first dead thing it sees if it's, you know, if it's open. And if it's in a dead person, essentially, it liquefies them. But it wants to be... Yeah, the dead can only sustain it for so long, according to to Willow in the book. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it prefers an unconscious human. Now, bum 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 bum. Miss Calendar was unconscious when the the, yeah. the dead and, body kind of liquefied and shit. And now so, she's alone with Giles, and right. Giles is on the list. Yes, he is. He's on the list. So, you know. Havoc ensues there. Buffy, well, of course, in all of this hubbub, Ethan, which he's, you know, apt to do, has, you know, removed himself. He He's left the library. So Buffy looks for Ethan. She finds him. Like, she's meant to keep Ethan safe because the body was looking for Ethan up until this point. But the, the, the demon, Igon, was looking for Ethan and not Giles. So I think Ethan's next on the list. So yes. they go they go to the old costume shop. And if I'm this is going ahead, this is going a couple seasons ahead, but the costume shop becomes the magic shop, right? I feel like it does. I feel, I like, feel it like, does. like it does. I think you're yeah. right. I think you're right. Okay. <laughs> so um Buffy goes to the, the costume shop. Um and essentially Ethan pulls the Ethan and he knocks Buffy unconscious with the plan to uh, transfer the mark on him to her so that the demon goes after Buffy and leaves him, Ethan, alone. It's Ethan. It's Ethan, yes. So now we're back with Giles and Miss Calendar, and Miss Calendar has gone full demon now. So Yeah, but right before she did, she was getting mm-hmm. all saucy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was getting saucy. And Giles was like, you know, now's not the effing time. She's like, oh, yes, it is. Yeah. She wanted the aforementioned D. The aforementioned D. She did. She was following up on promises, which I appreciate. (laughs) But there's a time and a place. (laughs) There is a time and a place for everything. (laughs) So, unfortunately, you know, they tussle at Giles and Miss Calendar gets free. So now she's hunting Ethan again. And I think this is where we actually find out what 
is going on. What yes. happened? What is happening with Giles and Ethan and these people and with the demon of Igon? Igon. So Giles was a was in, at Oxford. He was 21 years old doing his studies. He and a group of friends found it pretty cool to kind of get passed out, get possessed by a demon, and you feel a sense of power. So think of it like shrooms, but demonic. <laughs> I wrote down shrooms and flatliners. Oh, yes. I love flatliners. <laughs> I know. Oh, it was such a good movie. The remake, they could have kept the, the remake, but the original flatliners. Solid. Classic 80s, early 90s horror right there. But so unfortunately, much like flatliners, someone took a tad bit too far and one of their friends died, you know, from it. So they buried their friend. Uh, and essentially for over the last, how old is Giles in this? Giles is what, in his 40s, maybe. Late we'll 40s, say. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's, this happened in the 70s, because remember, you know, their clothing was definitely, you know, very 70s oh, oriented. Yeah. So a little, they show, actually show a picture of uh, Giles back in the time, back in the day. And he looks like a rocker. He's on a stage. And what I, I had to look up because I, I knew that was actually a legitimate picture of uh-huh. Anthony, Anthony Head. And it is. So they took his head and they put it on Sid Vicious's body. <laughs> <laughs> So if you go look it up now, you will see that they took the production, took a young picture oh, of Anthony Head, and they put it his head on Sid Vicious's body. That is hilarious. That that is hilarious. But so I'm <laughs> going to say if that was in the 70s and they're in 97, so and he was 21 back then. So yeah, Johnson in his early 40s yeah. at, in in 97. So 20 years ago, this demon has been kind of hunting down the people who did this thing because they summoned him and, you know, now he, he wants to take them all out. We now have the backstory of the Ripper and all Giles' connection to, you know, this demon. This is a problem that he actually caused and created himself as yeah. a young person. But they have still, they have this information, but at this point, Buffy's unconscious and getting tattooed by Ethan, and Giles still has no idea how to fix this problem. But right. Willow and Xander are hard at work, and Cordy yes. is hard at distracting Xander and making him argue with her. Oh, yes. And can I just say the sexual tension in that fight between Cordy and Xander was definitely palpable. And I think if you... In my mind, of course, you know, as a person who has watched this series and going back, I pinpointed it episodes ago. Like, yeah, we know what's coming between those two. But I think that it is hard to escape it at this point. Like, they were arguing across the room and they're getting closer and closer and closer until Willow is just like, hey, now it's not the time. Get together, help or leave. And that's when Xander finds that, you know, they want, um, he finds out about the, the demon and their preference for, you know, them jumping into the closest dead thing, you know, yes. if it's being threatened. Which, so, which gives Willow an idea. A really great idea that I didn't see coming. That kind of forgot about. Like, Me oh, either. Okay. I didn't remember it. The end, I was like, oh. Yeah. It, they, nice solution there. So 
We're now going back to the mag on not the magic shop, the costume shop. <laughs> the costume shop. <laughs> the eventual and, magic shop. Yes. But Ethan has done his dastardly deed. He put the tattoo on Buffy and he used acid to take it off of himself. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, yeah. desperate times calls for desperate measures, but he's sir, that guy can't... though. I believe that he would do it because he's a guy who's ultimately he's a he's a weasel he's a survival so right. whatever he has to do to keep getting the things he wants and doing what he wants and for all of those reasons and as nasty of a creature as he is i love ethan he's fantastic he is a he's a fun bad guy he's a fun bad guy to have he is morally ambiguous i mean he's fun <laughs> I, I i i that is the best word for ethan he's a fun bad guy so he pours the no the the, the crap on his arm. He's now tattooless, and Buffy is still strapped to the table after first being in a tattoo. Uh, there's like a little hangnail in the table, so she's trying to get herself free, cutting her ropes, her her uh, her subdued you know hands underneath the table. Uh, Igorn being possessed, uh, well, I'm in the body of uh, Calendar. Now's at the door. Miss Calendar is no longer pretty right now she's in full mm-hmm. demon makeup she, she, she's pretty scary actually yeah and she's so pretty normally no no more pretty dirty pretty right very 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 not good so she bursts into the costume shop uh ethan stands between her and buffy ethan now not having a tattoo gets pushed to the side and she goes after buffy buffy gets free and she begins to fight miss calendar not knowing that, hey, this is Miss Calendar, you know, how do we defeat this demon? And out of nowhere, for the second time this episode, <laughs> here comes Angel. Angel bursts into the room, followed by the Scoobs and Giles, and he is strangling uh, Miss Calendar. Giles is up saying, hey, don't hurt her. You know, she's in there. And Willow's like, hey, we got it. Don't worry about it. So he strangles, um, Angel strangles Miss Calendar, the demon flees and jumps into the first dead thing it sees. And what is Angel. that? Uh-huh. Angel. Dead boy. So, <laughs> right. So they are actually, you know, in there, they're fighting. Well, inside of Angel, you have Angel's soul, his vampire demon, and I going fighting. So it's this whole little uh, <laughs> 1997 special effects, you know, warping yeah. up the face back and forth. I mean, it was, you know, television. It was fine for them. Yeah, it was it fine. It was fine. Yeah, it, it was worked. Fine. We understood but, you know, what was being done. Exactly. So this war with, within Angel, uh, war within Angel, and Angel, uh, you know, the demon wins inside of Angel. Angel's demon, the vampire wins. Yeah, the one, yeah. And his, yeah, he essentially destroys Igorn. And that was the only way that Igorn could, you know, be be uh destroyed taken care of right he can't go he can't go into another body now so it's hands clean and and angel's actually pretty excited he's like hey my demon was good for something <laughs> right right so everybody is good of course ethan finds another way of squirming away without facing his uh you know come up oh and this was the second episode in a row too where willow and xander called upon angel for help yeah. It working is. together. It's... Cordy's working with them. Angel's working with them. We've got big team dynamics now. 
Right, right. So the next day, Giles and Calendar are on the outs. You know, yeah, it's kind of sad, you know, but, you know, I was possessed by you. Not by you, dude, but, you know. Because of you. Because of you. Like, there was some guilt there. There's some things, you know. It's it's a lot of, there's a lot of emotional subtext as to why, you know, that could put you off of a person. So it's unfortunate because I'm, I'm, I'm loving, you know, Giles and Counter together. It, it's, yeah. it's a high point. It's a fantastic thing. But, you know, they had to pump the brakes on that a little. So And it's understandable, it too. It right. totally is. Right. And and Giles, Giles knows that even though he tries to to keep the norm and keep things going, She's like, no. Mm-hmm. And she he tries to touch her and she pulls away. I was like, oh, that was mm-hmm. that was rough. But but yeah, it's it's understandable. I mean, and she isn't completely recoiled from him. She just needs time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I think that's kind of where the episode ends. It does. Oh, it does. Actually, Buffy gives him a CD and says, let's go work out. <laughs> it ends on a joke which we kind of needed after after some of that because it was it was it was a good episode but it was definitely heavy um it was there was lots of lots of good humor in there too as there usually Mm -hmm. is high high quality cordy lines as usual but this one was definitely on the darker side mostly because we saw the the decline of giles who we've also grown to rely on not just for buffy but for us Right, right. And there is so much. Um, I love that in season two, you know, they're they're getting their stride in their world building. You know, we're yes. finding out backstories of instances and people and things. So we're knowing what's going on with, you know, we're, we know more about Angelus. We know more about Spike, more about yourself. Now, more about Giles, you know, the Ripper and what he used to get into. And, you know, I think we find out more about that in later seasons. But you know, this is this is definitely we they're fleshing out the, the primary characters here, which is always fun, which is great. It is. And and one of the things I like to I mean, we have ensemble cast. This is something that that definitely should be done. But I I like to that. I like the moral. The the morally grayness of a lot of the characters, we see villains that are are kind of likable and charming and we have good guys right. that make bad decisions and do bad things, but are they completely awful people? No, there's this whole dichotomy that goes, and this this runs throughout the entire series as well. Characters that are inherently good, but do bad things or bad characters or characters that are inherently bad that do good things. And then the people that are just kind of in the middle, everybody has a darkness in them. At some point it has to be explored. And I think that's I, that's always endlessly interesting to me. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, so I guess that was it. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, Mark? No. The Dark Age was an apt title for this episode, I, I think. You know, it was I definitely agree. great. You know, it was a dark age for, you know, uh, Giles. You know, I think everyone hits that part of their lives in various different ways, but where you know enough to be dangerous, but, you know, you don't know it all. And it's nice to see Giles, this person who's very thoughtful and proactive and looking at things. That At one point, he had this knowledge of things and he thought that he could play with it, you know, that he could, you know, he knew enough to be dangerous, you know, that, but not enough to, you know, know not to do something. 
he yeah. had he, he had knowledge, but he didn't have wisdom, you know. And there's Perfect. a distinct difference between those two things. So it's very interesting how we we see that part of Giles, you know, where he 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 has the intellect, but not the wherewithal to know when and when not to to play with things. Well, and he suffered consequences for those actions. He lost a peer. He lost a friend. And maybe that's kind of why we have the Twee Giles, who's so uptight and and is the way he is. Perhaps he mm-hmm. overcorrected because because of of those choices and the path that he went down there. It's not uncommon. It makes it makes a lot of sense. It gives us a better understanding of him too. But it also mm-hmm. lets us know, hey, he can do some some bad stuff if he really needs to. Yeah, properly motivated. Jocelyn kicks some ass. <laughs> All right, Mark. Where can everybody find you on the interwebs? All right, you can find me on Twitter. Yeah, I said it, Twitter. Twitter and Instagram at EliteSense85. That's E-L-I-T-E-S-I-N-C-E. The number's 85. Uh, again, I am a big proponent of shit posting food pics and uh fragrance references <laughs> that should thing follow me <laughs> fantastical you can find me under my author page hb walsh on instagram and facebook um if not there you can find me at header time 1981 on instagram that's mostly just running and yoga stuff but occasionally i post other things as well and you can find our show and lots of other great shows on rabbitholepodcast.com and give some of them a check out. Check, check, give them check, 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 check. One, two, one, two, one, two. I'm not, I'm not going to say. <laughs> I can't. Check, check them out <laughs> if you'd like. And if not, just only listen to our show. That's fine too, because we're great. <laughs> but that's, that's been it. Mm-hmm. Word of Hellmouth is hosted by Heather Baxendale Walsh and Mark Armstead. This show is edited and produced by Robbie. And we are just one of many Rabbit Hole podcast shows. You can find episodes of this show over at rabbitholepodcast.com, Anchor, Apple, Google, and everywhere else, everywhere or anywhere else, you find your podcasts. The theme song that we use is Noise Attack. It's actually pretty groovy. I like it. It's by Kevin McLeod, and it can be found at incompetech.com. And uh, that's been it. That's our show. We'll be back in two more weeks. Check us out. But for now, that's all I've got. Grr. Arg. Copyright 2023 Rabbit Hole Podcasts, rabbitholepodcast.com.